I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Steelers Fix Podcast, a part of the Steel Curtain Network from Fans First Sports. Here on the Fix, we talk all things Steelers with a focus on roster building and player development. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Wilbar, alongside the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, the season is fast approaching. We are now two games, two weeks into the preseason. Excitement is continuing to build, and I'm sure... You and I would both agree that two games in, there's a lot to be excited about. There is, and Steelers Twitter was going nuts last night. <laughs> I was tweeting for the Steel Curtain Network, at Steel C Network, and uh, you can you can check out some of the, the stuff we were talking about last night, but it was fun to see um, Steelers fans uh, in, in a game where, you know, you go into it with some trepidation. It's the Bills, obviously. It's... Josh Allen and company going to start a quarter and a half, according to Sean McDermott and the starting defense is going to be out there a long time. And you're like, man, 
if uh if the bills go up 17 to nothing in a quarter and a half on pittsburgh um then all the good vibes from week one are just going to go flying around out the window and instead it was the absolute reverse and so that you know i don't know about you but there were there were moments during the game where i'm like man is is this team is this team a year ahead of schedule you know 2024 we've talked about it here 2024 was kind of going to be the year of the rebuild to see if it had all come together um year three of a new quarterback year three of a a really of an install of a new system in in Matt Canada the defense kind of coming together but are they a year ahead you know (laughs) are they a Super Bowl team that's going to be the question that we're going to talk about until the regular season hits and then once week one hits you get a real test in San Francisco coming to town the result of that game could do a lot to quell Steelers fans hopes or shoot them absolutely to the sun it could and I think at the very least, even if we don't see the run that we would like to see in the playoffs this year, I think we will see this year whether the rebuild is going to work. If Kenny yeah. Pickett is the guy, if George Pickens is going to be a number one wide receiver, like we're going to get a lot of answers this year, even if we don't see maybe the leap per se that we see, you know, maybe making it to the AFC championship game or, you know, fingers crossed, even a Super Bowl that we would love to see this year. But I think at the very least, we're at least going to get some of the answers to the questions a year earlier than what we thought we might get them. And that's has to be exciting for Steelers fans. And Jeremy and I, we were talking about the offensive line real briefly before we came on and Dan Moore. And, you know, Broderick Jones, he's showing his rawness. But And it's going to take time for him to get acclimated. But the fact that Dan Moore is playing well right now, I think is should be an encouraging sign to Steelers fans. Uh, the fact that he has taken reps at right and left tackle now that provides some versatility. The Steelers may be able to play a little bit with the depth they now have, even throwing in LaRaven Clark. The Steelers have four guys that have – three of them have experience, and the other one has the highest ceiling of any of them. So it should be a pretty exciting battle as this picture of offensive tackle kind of unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and – yeah, we're going to talk overreacting, overreactions to the preseason so far, uh, and there's been you know several, but yeah, the the fact that Broderick Jones hasn't really seen the starter snaps and didn't play very much in the Bills game, I think there's going to be some overreaction to that. We're, we're not going to necessarily talk about that here, but you know, especially offensive tackle, they don't need to to throw him into the fire if he's not ready. And right. I think that him not being ready is not a huge deal at this point as well. I wanted to throw another kind of overreaction, but a, a good one that I think we, we're not going to talk about here in the actual segments, but um, Calvin Austin showing up on two massive plays already in the preseason. Um, you know, he doesn't need to be scoring 50 yard touchdowns every week. Right. Um, and, and having multiple, huge gains every week but if he can if he can beat you once a game then that turns the Steelers offense into something we haven't seen in a long time and in week one 60 plus yard touchdown reception from Mason Rudolph just blew by cornerback and teams realize right away if he's on the field going deep you can't just cover him with one guy you're gonna have to roll somebody over top what does that do for the rest of your offense and then in the return game in week two against the Bills um, going 54 yards on a on a punt return to set up your team at the at the uh, opposing 25 yard line, just change the ball game again, and then Kenny Pickett hits Pat Farmuth over the middle for a 25 yard score. 
if Calvin Austin provides that level of explosiveness, even just once a game, it changes this this team for the better in a big way. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. It's maybe an, an overreaction or, or a takeaway so far that we've had um, that we're not going to necessarily talk about too much uh, going forward. But It is, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot Calvin Austin has to learn because he's not necessarily polished, but with the depth the Steelers have at receiver, they don't need him to have – a, a bunch of volume but if he can be efficient in the volume that he receives and be someone who keeps safeties back that's going to help the running game yeah. it's going to help the underneath passing game because it's going to make the defense spread out and it's it's going to keep them on their toes especially in the secondary so we're going to get into these overreactions uh, we have three each yep. uh, i have two negative one positive jeremy has two positive one negative so he got to the to our notes before <laughs> i did i had some other stuff oh. going on so uh <laughs> Jeremy get chose the two positive. So I had a I had it a little bit difficult this week. It, it was difficult to come up with two really good yeah. negative, negative overreactions. Sure. But we're going to get into this, Jeremy. Uh, we'll start off on a positive note. It's always good to start off positive. And let's let's go with one that is going to maybe surprise some people. Others may already be on board, but it's a topic that a lot of people are going to talk about if we see early success from the Steelers quarterback. Yeah, it's definitely uh, probably an overreaction. <laughs> I say definitely, probably. Uh, that's kind of an oxymoron in and of itself, but it's probably an overreaction. Uh, but here it is. It, first one, Kenny Pickett is already playing like a top 10 quarterback. And I, you know, already a top 10 quarterback for Kenny Pickett, uh, even before we've played a regular season snap in 2023. I know a lot of fans will jump on board with this. Uh, Steelers Twitter, like I said, going nuts. Uh, during the game last night and a lot of it was about hey Kenny Pickett's ready and uh he's ready to be a superstar for this team I kind of see it too I I think it comes in the the demeanor with which he operates the big plays excitement on the field right um that that just invigorating aspect of what he brings to this team the youthful exuberance on the field but then off the field it's I mean on the sideline he he's just calm as can be nothing's too big nothing's too small and just takes everything in stride so uh attitude wise and the way he takes the game in yeah he plays like a professional he's a true professional and if the, the stats start matching up then yeah i think kenny pickett could be considered uh on the rise and the overreaction for me is maybe this guy's already a top 10 quarterback what do you say i'm not there yet just because it is preseason, yes, he looks good, but there's also no pass rush at all, and that plays a huge factor. Pickett's numbers weren't fantastic last year when he was under pressure, but he was under pressure a lot. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because that offensive line was atrocious. I I do think that he has more potential than in this offense with a new offensive line. We were talking back at draft time, Kenny Pickett, for him to have – the success he needs to be to be able to take a team to the next level, he's going to need a lot around him. But the Steelers have put everything around him that he needs. If Broderick Jones turns out to be a great left tackle, the Steelers have a fantastic offensive line. They have an elite budding wide receiver in George Pickens. They have a savant in Deontay Johnson. And that name, that word has been being thrown around a lot. A lot. (laughs) And so I'll use it on a little bit lower scale. But he is a technician at the receiver position. And you have Allen Robinson, who's a savvy veteran. And it's on the Steelers. They have everything needed in this room with two massive tight ends as well. 
and Pat Fryermuth and Darnell Washington look pretty good. Yeah. So I, I, he has everything he needs to to once he reaches his full development be able to take the team places. Yeah. The big question is be can he do it in a matter of time to where the Steelers can afford to keep all these pieces together? Because at some point they're gonna have to start paying these players. Pat Fryermuth is gonna require some money. George Pickens not there yet, but at some point he's going to require money. And obviously Kenny Pickett himself is going to require more money, but could he be a top 10 quarterback in this offense? I think it's possible. He has everything he needs. He really does. And it's all about him now that step forward, because I think you could say maybe year three would be a breakout for Pat Frymuth, but he's already great. He's already great. If he gets quarterback play, that's elite level then he's going to go nuts. And I think you could say the same thing about George Pickens and even Deontay Johnson, the way he runs, you know, all these guys could be massive contributors for this team. Now we'll get into, you know, well, uh, never mind. We won't get into it later. So let me bring it up now. Uh, I thought maybe lower down in the notes, sorry. Uh, The running game, it's still going to be a huge part of this this game. And we're we're not going to necessarily talk about, like I said, about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris and and what they bring to the offense as far as overreactions go. But uh, this team, they've got the weapons on the outside, but they're still going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be predicated on – a little bit of ground and pound here in Pittsburgh. So we'll see how it all turns out in the, in the end. But if Kenny Pickett provides that high efficiency quarterback play, then you've got plenty of quality weapons and you could see one, some of these guys take leaps into the upper echelon uh, of their position groups, specifically looking at you, George Pickens and Pat Fryerman. I agree. We're going to go to, Let's see. I, I don't know which way to go with this one. I'm, I'm going to go with the negative one first. We'll just kind of keep them in going back and forth, positive, negative. I want to bring up one about Gunnar Olszewski. And most people wouldn't tie it in with something negative. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because this has become a trend for Gunnar to have great preseasons. He's had this before he was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He had a great preseason last year. I'm sure many of you all listening remember last year when the hype was big around Gunner. Oh, the Steelers have this great returner who he may even be able to contribute on offense. And then we saw nothing. And he's never really in his career proved that he can do anything more than special teams. And even last year, special teams was only meh. It was okay. (laughs) It wasn't great. And that's what actually has me worried. I think Gunner's preseason success this year only proves that he is just a perennial preseason darling. And outside of Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick's fantastic special teams in New England, he's not anything special like is he good enough to be a wide receiver five or wide receiver six yes but he's nothing more than that and i think the steelers i know hakeem butler left game he is uh with an injury we'll see how severe all that is but like if you're talking about a guy that has more upside you'd almost want to favor a guy who has more upside as long as you have somebody else whether it be ant mac or Calvin Austin, somebody who can return kicks and maybe provide a little bit more explosiveness than Olszewski. I think that his success this year is only proving the trend that he's had the past few years of just being a great preseason guy and nothing else. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I tend to agree with you from the perspective that he plays his best this time of year, that he looks his best this time of year, and then when the regular season hits, especially as an offense offensive contributor, it kind of – you, it kind of goes out in the wash when you're playing against starters every single down. Right. Um, so 
But I will say this. I still think he probably makes this team. Yeah. And it's because if anything, he's, he's reliable uh, catching the ball and, and he, he always has that element to where he can earn some yak afterwards. He's not a, he looks good as a route runner, but against, against big league defenders, he probably doesn't separate as well as say Deontay Johnson does. And then he's not going to beat you um, in contest in the contested catch department either. So really it's just screen passes. It's, it's those jet sweeps. It's uh, some of the gimmicky stuff you do on offense. And then maybe finding a hole in the zone on third down when you need just another receiver on the field, maybe you're going five wide and you want to throw him out there with those guys. Sure. Hands the special teams area is where he makes his bread and butter. Like you're saying, I just think that as far as what the Steelers have, they have the explosiveness already at the top of the roster in that wide receiver room. So adding some more reliability further down, uh, what should be something that they're looking to do. I agree. Let's move on to your second one. Then we'll go into our break. Uh, but you can go either direction here. If you want to do your negative or your positive, I'll leave that up to you. I'll do my other positive now. And then, because I think we got two that kind of tie into each other that we'll okay. talk about in the second half of the show. So I'll jump and, and go ahead and do my positive and it's Nick Herbig. So there, this is my overreaction statement. Nick Herbig isn't just good depth. He's going to provide a spark off the edge in the regular season. So I, I mean, what I mean by that is you, you put him in the game, um, take Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt out for a play or two. And it, it's not that he's just going to get out there and provide you solid reps. It's that him being fresh and him being ready to go, he's going to he's gonna actually elevate the play of, of the guys around him. And I think you're already seeing that. It might be an overreaction once you get to the big boys, like we're talking about, playing starters every week. But even against the Bills' um, you know, first-team O-line, he was shooting by and, and affecting passes and getting pressures. He had one a forced incompletion on Josh Allen where uh, Allen never saw him coming and he got there within the timing of the play. So it was a, it was a five-step drop and at the back of the drop, when Allen's starting to go through progressions, Herbig's already there making it, forcing an errant throw. And then he gets the sack strip sack later on in the game as well against the twos. But you're seeing that this guy is just a spark plug for the defense. And Andrew, I don't know, how you feel about this, but the Steelers defense to me, if they can rush the passer, no matter who's in the game, then they're going to be good. If not great this season uh, at a level we haven't seen in a while with some of the less than uh, superior talents <laughs> behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith that were coming in to, to uh, help out with, with uh, and give these guys a break. It is exciting. I think Herbig is going to provide value. My big concern is that since he doesn't have the greatest functional strength still, it does concern me once he goes up against the starters more often and he's faced against stronger, bigger, athletic, proven NFL veterans. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned uh, for his first-year production, but still, I, I think he has proven that he's got a repertoire of moves. I mean, Alex Heisman is yep. already learning that one jump move that he is talking yeah. about. He's already learning from Herbig. I think it's exciting to see that the Steelers have someone who, you know, he's got the work ethic, you know, that like he does, he doesn't seem like this fizzle up hand, like we saw right. with Tuzar Skipper, Quincy Roche, yes. Jameer Jones, like the list goes on of players we thought were that guy behind Watt and Highsmith. 
I think Herbig, even if he doesn't provide an immediate spark in terms of like sacks, I think we will see that he's going to provide consistent reps behind Highsmith, and he's going to continuously get better as time goes on, as he hits the weight room more, as he adds a little bit more muscle. I think the Steelers may have a really good edge rusher on their hands. And, I mean, you can't really have too many of those. I know people are talking, oh, the Steelers just extend Highsmith. What are they going to do? It's not bad to have three good ones. So uh, if he can stay here on the edge, I think it's good. And he has the experience to where – you can play either edge or linebacker, so that the versatility yeah. still helps. Yeah, and Mar- Marcus Golden, not to leave him out of the conversation at outside linebacker, he's looked good as well yeah. in limited reps and against the second team. He's just very solid all around technically, uh, but I just think Herbig is so explosive. And even in like even where he's getting kind of bodied up by um, guards and tackles on plays. The, his ability to just kind of bounce and move and in that quickness, he's got elite quickness and it's hard for these bigger guys to just keep up with that. Now you'll get the athletic guys on the edge. That'll probably be able to neutralize him, but that's, that's what they're paid the big bucks to do, obviously. So getting him to win on a regular basis and at least provide pressure on maybe even some stunts and things like that, that we saw the Steelers trying to do some, some cross ups uh, that they were doing, where he was, where the defensive tackle, the three tech was actually surging outside at the tackle, and then Herbig coming across on the stunt. Um, he, you saw several of those in the preseason game, and he looked good doing that as well. Didn't get home necessarily in those regards, but he still has that quickness to be able to do it. They can use him in so many different ways, like you're saying. So I just think that potentially. Um, the overreaction being that instead of just being solid depth, he's he's actually going to enhance the pass rush when he gets into the game. That's going to be uh, telling what, what we see in that regard. It is. Well, Steelers fans, we saw more overreactions to get to, so you won't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break here on the Steel Curtain Network, powered by Fans First Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts with you. Breaking down some overreactions. Jeremy, I want to get your thoughts on this. We'll get to ones that kind of tie in to close out the show, but I want to go to another negative here. Yeah. But it can be kind of turned into a positive. It depends which way you look at it. So my, my take here is that Keanu Neal's missed time may have exposed that he is not a top three safety on the Steelers roster. Mm-hmm. Right now, like a lot of talk is about Kenny Robinson, but Elijah Riley is playing yeah. really well. Ooh. And I know he's not a strong safety, and the Steelers need someone to fill the strong safety role. And Neil's still likely to be the starter in that spot. But I'm telling you, this missed time is not helping his cause. And I think we're seeing some younger guys that just have a little bit more freshness newness yeah. to them and they have a little bit more athleticism than neil and they provide more than just neil's big hitting instincts combination which is really all he provides i think there's a legitimate shot that he is not even a top three safety on the Steelers roster even if he's the starter curious to get your thoughts on that it's a it's an intriguing thought it, it kind of does fit the the overreaction thought because we haven't seen him out there that much but yeah, just considering his age and the physicality he's played with his whole career, it could could have worn him down to the point where he's just not going to be super effective anymore. That's definitely a possibility. And when you look at some of the risers that are younger, the uh, I look specifically, like you're saying, at Elijah Riley, who, um, by the way, has looked fantastic in the nickel spot as well, covering uh, covering wide receivers and tight ends out of there. He's looked really good, very sticky, and makes plays on the ball and tackles very well. So, like you're saying, not a true strong safety, but do the Steelers necessarily need one the way they're going to rotate players on the defensive side with the linebacker group that they have? Um, You know, one guy who might play into this is Mark Robinson, who's just a linebacker, but he's playing really well. And so maybe they keep an extra linebacker and and limit some of the the safety guys and maybe Keanu Neal finds himself by midseason not getting very many snaps. I think to start out the year he probably does if he's healthy uh, because he's the guy you brought in to kind of fill that role and and what you know and what you're wanting to do. But uh, don't put it past Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin to to view his contributions through a, a magnifying glass and and break it down to where hey if we're going to get better play from somebody else if we can rotate guys in a different way and and use some sub package football to to expand what we're able to do on defense and Keanu Neal doesn't fit what they're trying to do then 
then maybe seeing him him drop off a little bit uh, as well down the road. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. It's going to be an interesting conversation to continue, but Jeremy and I both have one hot take remaining, overreaction, but they kind of tie in. So Jeremy, I'll let you kind of segue into this with a little bit of perspective on yours, and then we'll kind of pair the two together. Yeah, so mine is that, and this is definitely fits overreaction because <laughs> I'm not saying that he needs to be benched or anything like that. But uh, my overreaction is that Patrick Peterson is a liability and coverage for the Steelers in 2023. And uh, we saw him against the bills. He didn't, he didn't play in preseason week one, but even from my time there at, um, at St. Vincent college, watching, watching training camp, um, he just, looked like he was getting beat a lot and uh I, I don't know if coach Tomlin's telling him you know hold back a little bit let our offense work I don't know all the things behind it but you want to see him make plays and that's not that he wasn't making some plays on the football but George Pickens had his way with him a couple times Deontay Johnson had his way with him a couple times it's just the the way that these wide receivers play I think it's more of a more of a quickness issue now for for Peterson I still think he's got the long speed we saw in, in the bills game. He, he ran with uh, Stefan Diggs, Who's, who's really fast, a fast receiver, speedy guy on the outside. He ran with him down the field and kept Josh Allen from looking that way. But also on some of the comebacks and crossers where uh, wide receivers putting a foot in the ground and, and moving in a, in an opposite direction from where they were going. Uh, Peterson seems a little bit slow to stick with those. And so I think that potentially um, there's going to be times where that comes into play for the Steelers. And you, you see maybe the Steelers getting worked over a little bit in the secondary on some of those quick outs and, and comebacks that maybe Patrick Peterson can't keep up with at this point in his career. Well, it's interesting because my positive overreaction that I have is that Joey Porter Jr. can be a lockdown corner by season's end. I think he is so much further ahead uh, in the development process than what a lot of draft analysts thought. And, you know, Jeremy, both you and I were pretty high on him coming out in the draft. I mean, on the BTSC big board, we had him fifth overall. And I, I believe that he has the chance to be about like what Sauce Gardner was last year. Maybe not quite to that level, but sure. it, it, it is interesting the way that he's playing, the aggression he's playing with as long as he learns to play with aggression but smart aggression because that's the big concern. He would get called for penalties on occasion in college, and that's that's a big concern. But you don't you like the fact that he has that dog inside of him. He plays yeah. aggressive mindset. The Steelers haven't had a guy with that mindset really in a while. I mean, you could argue Joe Hayden did when the Steelers first brought him in, but even at that point, he was not – the peak Joe Hayden. He was good. He was still really good. Don't get me wrong. He was turning into more of a finesse corner at that point. Exactly. The Steelers have a a physical young corner who can play press man coverage. If they finally decide to go that route on that with their outside corners, they have that guy in Joey Porter Jr. And it is a slight overreaction, but I think it's a conversation we can have that maybe he is a lockdown cornerback by the time, we hit December and the the Steelers could really benefit from that, especially in this scenario where Patrick Peterson 
may have lost a little bit of a step, maybe not necessarily speed, but in elusiveness yeah. and agility, it could be something the Steelers need from Pat, from Joey Porter Jr. in 2023. Yeah, the the dynamic there between between the starting outside corners is going to be a big deal. Um, I really think uh, Patrick Peterson could could benefit greatly from a move inside to slot cornerback on most downs where you got three corners on the field because I think Levi Wallace does a good job on on the outside. I really do. And I know he gave up some big plays in 2022, but he's looked really good in training camp and in preseason action so far this year. He's a short tackler. He's typically right on top of the receiver when the ball gets there, so there's not a lot of chance for Yak if he if the receiver actually makes the catch. So Levi Wallace to me has one side locked down as far as he's going to be the outside cornerback over there. And then it becomes, do you trust Joey Porter Jr. to handle the other outside spots so you can move Patrick Peterson inside? I think that's the best way to mitigate potentially Peterson's issues as far as the the quickness and stuff goes because you just limit what a receiver can do when you move him inside to the slot. You know what I mean? So maybe his savvy and his experience will play in a little bit more if he can cover inside and then pat or uh joey porter jr like you're talking about if he can be a lockdown cornerback on the outside and this pass rush can get home more regularly then this Steelers defense goes from good to great to incredible and and the super maybe a championship caliber team and i wanted to mention i don't know if you got a chance to really break down the what joey porter jr did on his interception in the bills game if you saw it from multiple angles but the fact is the quarterback never should have thrown it there in the first place because joey porter jr eliminated his receiver uh at the start of the play just threw him out of bounds within that first yard and a half two yards and at that point that receiver can't be the first guy to touch the ball so um joey porter jr should have never had a chance at a pick because the quarterback never should have thrown it that way. Barkley should have never thrown the ball to that side of the field. But then the fact that he makes the play, if, if the hands issue is, is not an issue and this dude can actually catch balls and and intercept the pass. And he's had one, one in live game action in the preseason and two in training camp so far, I think maybe those concerns might be squelched. Andrew, I don't know how about how you feel about that, but the fact that he, brought that physicality that you're talking about at the beginning of the play and literally tossed his receiver out of bounds without fouling him and eliminated his ability to catch a football. That's huge. And then he makes the play and finishes that out with the pick as well. Yeah. I, I always thought even coming out that the talks about him not being able to create splash plays. I thought that was a little bit overblown because I know a lot of people talk about different receivers that usually if they don't have ball production in college, doesn't usually translate to the NFL. But if you watch Porter Jr.'s tape, like, I mean, obviously he had a bunch of pass deflections. But you look at the opportunities he truly had for interceptions. He didn't have that many prime opportunities. He would use his length to extend out and swat passes away. But he didn't have – he wasn't never in prime position to, you know, just pick a pass off. Like, it was – balls rarely came straight in his direction because a lot of quarterbacks just feared throwing that way. And I know that uh, I believe it's Kalen King, uh, another corner from Penn state coming up this year. Uh, it, a lot of teams did not want to target Penn state corners on the outside because 
those two corners were really, really good. And Porter Jr. especially, there was one time I remember that he, it was in the game this past year. I can't remember which year, which week it was. He should have picked off a screen pass and taken it off to the house. He jumped on it, saw it, and he just couldn't haul it in. But other than that, I don't know if there's any other evidence that he can't catch balls that come his direction. So I'm really excited to see what Porter can do. And if you're talking about a guy that can start picking off passes, you're talking about a guy who's going to get Sauce Gardner comparisons just after what we saw a year ago from him. I think it's exciting. But I do want to ask you, Jeremy, if Patrick Peterson doesn't play in this slot, let's say he plays on the outside, who do you think gets that nickel role? Do we see DeMonte KZ play that a lot? Yeah. Do we see Shannon Sullivan, who also had an interception? Does he get the job? Yes. Who, who ends up playing in the slot? Uh, right now, it's Sullivan to me. And then I think if Elijah Riley makes the team, it's it's him as well. So, but give me, I don't know. I've been hearing it, Shandon Sullivan, like with a Shandon, SH yeah, sound I at the um, But I, I wasn't sure. Uh, Shandon Sullivan, to me, has looked good there. I thought he looked good in training camp as well. He's he's had good moments. And then uh, the play he made on the ball was 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 nice uh, there at the end of, or in the second half of the game. Um, so I think he plays that role pretty well. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, if you see that nickel look, then you're going to see Joey and Joey Porter is the one of the cornerbacks on the field. He's going to be the outside player and you'll see P2 move inside. We definitely saw it in dime coverages. Patrick Peterson comes in. If there's four corners on the field, he goes inside. Uh, so that's definitely something that they are doing for sure. But when they, yeah. when they eliminate the option and they, and if you got four cornerbacks on the field, Joey Porter Jr. is one of them, and he's going to play outside. <laughs> yes. I I think Sullivan, the only thing that could keep him back from getting the starting job at this point is his open field tackling, and that, that's still a big concern. But in coverage, he's looked really good. He seems to fit what the Steelers are wanting to do in the secondary, which I wasn't sure about that when the Steelers first brought him in. But he has looked solid, and you have Elijah Riley. I think the competition, this is the one spot where maybe the competition – is really benefiting all parties involved uh, yeah. at that nickel position. And the Steelers don't have a Mike Hilton. They don't have a guy that is just there and you know he's pencil, he's written in pen as the starter and only an injury is going to keep him from being that starter. I, I think because of the options the Steelers have, it, it it's exciting because we're seeing improvement from guys like Elijah Riley, guys like Shannon Sullivan. Uh, we're yeah. seeing uh, – we're seeing that become a trend. And I think that's important, especially with a lot of teams, especially within the AFC. You talk about teams like Baltimore, you have Zay Flowers, a guy who's going to be playing a lot in the slot this year. Odell can on occasion move into the slot. And Cincinnati, most of the time you have Tyler Boyd, but he's still a solid wide receiver. Um, and then you go to Cleveland and they just brought in Elijah Moore, who's got a lot of elusiveness and is a solid receiver, just hasn't had a great opportunity for success in New York the Steelers are going to be faced with some pretty good slot receivers this year, even inside the division. So I think it's key having that competition. I think that's playing a big role. Yeah, in this. yeah I agree. I think you're looking at a room that might start out a little slow, but I think they're going to develop into a team, into a pretty feared secondary by the end of the year. Um, uh, you've already got Minka Fitzpatrick in the middle up the spine of the defense. And then you've got, if you've got these outside corners and Joey Porter jr. Really takes a leap and can play proves he can play as a rookie then by or after the buy, I think this team looks really complete as long as injuries haven't taken a toll already. 
One quick question before we get out of here. We just had our fans first sports network, Steel Curtain Network, fantasy football draft. It was formerly a BTSE fantasy league. We end up moving here. Jeremy and I, we both did one in previous years. This year we combined it and made one super league. And super. I, I ended up getting George Pickens. So my question for you is, Jeremy, how early is too early to draft George Pickens in fantasy football? Because we do discuss fantasy football on this show. So I thought I would bring it up. I took him in the sixth round. Uh, I believe it was the third pick or something like that, third pick in the sixth round. I got him, and he's my wide receiver too. So I'm feeling pretty confident. I really like where he's at on the roster. What are your thoughts? Is the sixth round too early for a guy like Pickens who's unproven? Or – do you think that his late season success even last year is enough to warrant a mid-round selection, especially when you throw in the upside that he brings? I don't think it's too early round six for sure, but I personally would like to have him kind of reside as my flex option as a third wide receiver with upside. And by the, by season's end, maybe he's that wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver one. We don't know for sure. Um, Because I think the upside is through the roof. I think the upside is top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, but I think, you know, the the floor is probably your wide receiver three. So if you're drafting for, for um, a situation where you you can play to the upside and not necessarily rely on him game in and game out as your wide receiver two, I'd be a little more comfortable with that. Now, if he's your wide receiver two and you got Travis Kelsey in round one, something along those lines, where your tight end can kind of uh, right. manufacture points as as a number two wide receiver or even a number one if it's Travis Kelsey or if you absolutely struck gold at running back and you've got three guys who's, who are going to score 225 plus points in a half PPR league like what we're like what we're playing in then maybe you feel a little bit better about it but you definitely have to weigh what you've got on your team I would say though that after preseason week one his his ADP did shoot up by about a round so round end of round five early round six you can make a play on this guy as long as you've got something good in place above him to where you're not relying on him uh to provide you week in and week out top level fantasy points interesting take as always from at the bets 93 be sure to go and follow him on twitter or x or what is it even called now i call it twitter x so Okay, follow him on Twitter X at the best 93 or whatever you call it. Yeah. Be sure to check all of our podcasts out at the Steel Curtain Network. Go to steelcurtainnetwork.com to find all of our editorial stuff as well. We're looking really forward to what's coming out. Jeremy, what do you have coming up on the website? I'm going to do fantasy football takeaways from week two of the preseason. Um, there's several good ones, I think, and uh, some from the Steelers game, but from across the league as a whole. I like to see quarterbacks play. I like to see their weapons, especially in places like Tampa Bay and Indianapolis, where there had been quarterback competitions. Kind of seems like it's settling down a little bit. Uh, Houston as well, where CJ Stroud looks significantly better in week two than he did in week one. There's a lot of takeaways to be had from this week two of the preseason. So look for that to come and go back and read after the Steelers drubbing of the Bills in the the first uh, half of, of the game specifically uh, go look at my Steelers path to the Super Bowl article 
on steelcurtainnetwork.com. It's a must read if you feel like I do that the Steelers could have a shot at being special this year. Be sure to go and check out everything at Fans First Sports Network for the fans from the fans. Make sure you check everything out, specifically steelcurtainnetwork.com. That's going to do it all for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Steelers Fix. You know, I just thought of calling it Twix instead of Twitter X. Call it Twix. I like there it. you go. That's what we should do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.